Support from All Evil Answers comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all-new Rate Shield Approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield Approval is a real game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. But here's the crucial part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined once again! By Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert oh. here at the Motley Fool. You've been gone for three weeks. This is true, yeah. And one listener noticed <laughs> and said and wrote in and what? said, "Where's it's true one?" And wrote in and said, "Where's bro?" And I said, "I thought you had him." Um, so, so do you want to uh, tell everyone why you why you were gone? Well, so the why Motley, you left us. The Motley Fool has this quirky little benefit where once a month. Some employee is randomly chosen to go take off two weeks. It's called the fool's errand, and you don't have a choice, and you're given $1,000 to spend. I finally, after being here for almost 20 years, won this benefit, and uh, so I went to Berlin. Which is what was a fun thing to do, I guess, at Christmas time. The Christmas markets were great. I have a thing about World War II and Cold War history. So it was a great trip. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you won the Fool's Errand. I'm glad that you had fun, but I'm even more glad that you're back. Oh, that's so nice. Thank um, you. We had to make hay from just anywhere. But we did. I mean, they weren't, the, they weren't bad. They, they weren't were bad, fine. right, Rick? They were, they were fine. fine. I listened to them, they're great. You listened to the show while you were gone? Yeah, well, how else would I know what you guys did? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to our show, but that's just me. I, w- I would want to take a vacation from me and you and Rick. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, today, uh, this is a very special episode of Motley Full Answers where we indulge in all the holiday traditions, including fretting about the stock market. We're also going to exchange gifts, right? Yay! All that and more on this week's episode of Motley Full Answers. Oh, the holidays. Aren't the holidays. they the best, bro? They are the best. They are. You you mean that in all seriousness, yes. that this is your favorite time of year. It is. And this is the time of year when we get together as family and we turn off our devices and, and let the noise of the world die down and just enjoy just peace and love and, and all those wonderful things, right? And we yep. certainly don't freak out about the stock market. Absolutely not. Tell me about one of the Brokamp family traditions that you are bringing to our listeners today. Uh, So, on Christmas Eve, there are actually three things that happen in the Brokamp household every year. Number one, everyone gets new some sort of sleepwear. It could be pajamas, could be robes, could be onesies. Number two, we all make food for the reindeer that we make in a nice big bowl. Who knows what goes in it? It's different every year, and then we spin around. And then number three, we read, which was the night before Christmas. So, we thought we'd do that. Here for our listeners. Yeah, and I, even though I really love to be attached to my cell phone and see the news that's coming in and stay on top of things, I'm going to set my phone right over here, and I'm not going to look at the headlines. I'm just going to enjoy this holiday moment with you. Bro, can we, like, cue some fake... Is there some fake fire crackling noises (laughs) that we could have? Maybe that might be nice. Here we go. Here we go. Everyone ready? Are we ready? Everyone nestled in? Yep. Here we go. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a- The Fed! If it keeps hiking rates, will cause a recession. Bro, look at this interview on CNBC. Trump's former economic advisor, Stephen Moore, is saying that we're sunk if the Fed raises rates. I thought you said we weren't going to look at headlines. 
I, I mean, it was just like a little, I just saw it pop up on my phone. It's just a little, I mean, but come on. I need to be freaking out about the Fed raising rates, right? Uh, well, I would say not necessarily. First of all, this is what the Fed does and has done since the beginning for over 100 years. It lowers rates during an economic recession, and then it brings the rates back up during the expansion. And we are in quite an expansion, the second longest in history, not that far from being the longest. The current Fed funds rate is only 2.2%, which is still very low. So, right before when they lowered rates and then raised them back up after the dot-com crash, the Fed funds rate got to over 5%. There are times in the 90s it was over 10%, times in the 80s it was almost 15%. So, we're still at a very low Fed funds rate. Are they trying to sort of tamp down things a little bit to keep inflation in check? Absolutely. Will it affect the economy? Will it possibly affect your stocks? Absolutely. But it won't be catastrophic. And I think it's also important to know that often what is not so good for one part of your portfolio, in this case stocks, can be good for other parts of your portfolio, in this case cash. Because the Fed has been raising rates, we are finally now at a point we're earning something. Uh, Robinhood just announced they are going to start paying 3% on cash, which is getting up to the historical average. And then the final thing I'll say about this is Stephen Moore is a right leaning pundit. He's not necessarily an expert, um, and he has a political agenda for what he says. He's been known somewhat to play fast and loose with the facts, and you could choose a pundit from any, anywhere along the political spectrum. You can say the same thing about them. So, whenever you see a headline from someone with a political agenda, just take it with a big grain of salt. Okay. All right. You can keep reading. I'll put it in. I can get rid of it. Okay. All right, everyone. Here we go. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while. The housing boom is already gigantic. How can it last? Bro. Look at what Robert Schiller wrote for the New York Times. He says we are experiencing one of the greatest housing booms in United States history. How long will it last? And where is it headed? Next to impossible to know. If Schiller doesn't know, no one knows. Well, indeed, the Nobel Prize winning Schiller is a bit of a smarty pants when it comes to these things. He's the co-founder or co-creator of the Case Schiller Housing Index, known for sort of anticipating the dot-com bubble and crash as well as the housing bubble and crash. So Whenever Robert Schiller says something, I pay attention. And coincidentally, I read the same article. <laughs> and you didn't freak out like me, or I you did didn't, freak out? I did not freak oh. out like you. But here are the facts. So, since housing prices bottomed in 2012, they've gone up 53% nationwide. Adjusted for inflation, it's a little less than 40%. That's a big jump over a span of about seven years or so. And he points out that this is the third biggest boom in history. The biggest was the one we went through that ended in 2006, and it was followed by a 35% crash in home prices as well as the Great Recession. The other time was from 1942 to 1947, end of World War II, GI is coming home, baby boom, and stuff like that. But after that, housing prices actually didn't crash. And if you read Calculated Risk, which is a blog by Bill McBride, which is my favorite economics blog, he points out that if you look at different statistics, different historical information for housing booms and busts. He finds that there are a couple other that are actually more bigger price increases than what we've seen in the 70s and 80s. And in those times, housing prices didn't crash. So, I'm not too worried about it. Really, I think 
a lot of our perception about home prices has been colored by what happened during the Great Recession. It was very unique because it was the first nationwide crash in housing prices, but it was also unique because it was the only time when housing prices declined and the stock market declined. There's research from Mark Holbert that looked at the 20 bear markets and the stock markets over the last 65 years. He actually found that when stocks go down, home prices tend to go up. So historically, in most cases, home prices are actually a good hedge against stock prices. So I'm not too concerned about it. When it comes to housing, I always look at it as an asset, not an investment, meaning it is something that I put on my balance sheet. It is something that you can definitely use in retirement, whether by downsizing or as a reverse mortgage. But I don't look at it as an investment. I don't get too concerned about whether my home price is up or down. I just look at it as something that it's something as long as it fits within my budget, I enjoy it and know that in the future I can use it if I need it. Okay. All right. I guess I feel a little bit better well, that's and, good. and more peaceful now. Well, that's good. You can keep going. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. And Mama and her kerchief and I and my cat had just settled our brains for a long winter's night. When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh. And a bear market is already here for most major global stocks. Bro, this article from Bloomberg says that 52% of companies in the MSCI World Index are down by more than 20% from their 52-week high. Wow. Uh, well, it's a very... Oh, wait, did that shake you? Did that actually <laughs> rattle you a little bit? <laughs> no, not necessarily. So, this index looks at stocks all over the world, um, including the U.S. And when you look at the U.S., as of the taping of this episode, which is December 14th, the S&P 500 is down a little bit on a price basis, but when you throw in dividends, it's about flat. Small caps and mid caps are a little lower, they're down about 5% for the year. But when you look internationally, it's been a rougher year. Uh, international stocks are down from anywhere from 12 to 15%, depending on what you're looking at. The worst countries this year are Turkey and Russia, they're down 20%. Um, and these are the indexes. Most indexes are weighted by market cap, which means they're strongly influenced by the biggest companies. What this article did was look at all the stocks individually. And it's true that the majority of stocks are actually down 20%, which by definition is bear market territory. So, am I concerned about that? Not necessarily, because when stocks go down, they're better values. A recent article in the Wall Street Journal found that. Globally, stocks are now valuation-wise at five-year lows. Lower valuations means higher prospective future returns, which is always a nice thing. Um, but it also shows the need for diversification. This year, international stocks are lagging U.S. stocks. 2017, it was the opposite. International stocks greatly outperformed. So I'm not too worried when I have some things that are doing okay, some things are up, like cash. And something is down significantly, because that's what happens with a diversified portfolio. One of my favorite quotes about asset allocation comes from a finance... So, there's so many there, to It's a from. tough choice. You, but this one comes from a financial advisor in Pennsylvania named Lou Stanislavich. And he says, if you're not losing money somewhere in your portfolio, you're not diversified enough. So I'm okay with some things being down, especially in the context of where we've been. Over the last 10 years, the S&P 500 has grown something like 14% a year. Even international stocks have grown 8% a year. We've had a really good run. It's okay for things to take a little bit of a break. 
Okay. All right. I feel a little better. Do you? Good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. All right. I guess you can keep going. All right. Here we go. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. So much for the Santa rally. Trump's trade war is sending the S&P 500 toward its worst December since 2002. Bro, even Santa can't save us. Look at this headline from Business Insider. It says that we're going to have the worst December in 16 years and that there will be no Santa rally this year. Look at this sad photo of a sad man in a sad suit and a Santa hat. There's just too much sad. The hat isn't enough. I looked at the picture, and I think it's Art Cashin. So those of you who know Art Cashin from UBS, I think. He's on CNBC every day. Just imagine him sad in a Santa hat. So here's the deal, right? So December, traditionally, is actually a really good month in terms of its average annual return, but also it is the best, best month in terms of percentages with a gain. Since 1950, December has made money 75% of the time. So, at this point in December, halfway through, we're actually down 5.5%. So, that is a bit of a shock. But that's where that 25% comes in. And the lesson, of course, is regardless of what's happened in the past, the future can always be different or something that is historically a low probability event can happen. Now, that said, we do have the Santa rally. Now, the Santa rally technically happens the last five trading days after Christmas, oh. and then the first two trading days of January. we got time. We've got time to recover. Um, and historically, this was discovered in 1969 by um, a guy, the guy who writes the Stock Traders Almanac. And the Santa rally makes money something like 80% of the time. So who knows? We still might end up with a good December, which would then make, a, make at least the S&P 500 put us in positive territory for the year. But we don't know if that's going to happen. So you just kind of hold on through it. If there's money you need to spend at the end of December, you should probably have it in cash. But generally speaking, I don't pay much attention to what might happen or what might not happen from month to month, because I'm not going to retire for another 20 years, and that's all I care about. <sighs> okay, I do feel a lot better. Do you feel and a lot better? And it's not just the eggnog kicking in. <laughs> Let's finish it. Take us home, bro. All right, here we go. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Support for Motley Fool Answers comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Let's talk about buying a home for a minute. Because of rising interest rates, there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home. It's causing a lot of anxiety with people. Well, our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. They're calling it the power buying process. And here's how it works. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer. Then, once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive rate shield approval. First, They'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Here's the best part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-day purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. And MLS Consumer Access dot org number thirty thirty. Bro, it's time once again. It's our annual 
self-indulgent trading of gifts where Yay. we subject our listeners to us giving each other gifts and telling each other how much we appreciate each other. Sorry. It's our show. Ooh, what go. is going on? Uh, Rick, yours is behind the red phone there underneath my jacket. Ooh, sneaky. Yeah. All right. Here so we go. Who, wants, who do we want to go first? Well, here, you can go first. Okay. With so this is, um, I see you have plopped a Kinder Joy egg on top a of here. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Because you always um, give the Star Wars gifts. So I there's got to be a little something Star Wars here. And we also have what looks like wrapping paper of bro putting that's his my, foot. Yeah. His, that's his foot on the copier. It's color, so it's it's really quite vivid. <laughs> and then we also have what looks like his ear. There, you put your ears, both of them, on the on the copier. There's some fingers. So basically, bro's body parts are all over my present. But it's not just the body parts. So once the, the copy arm mm-hmm. goes, you do different motions. I, I think it's quite artistic. It actually. is quite artistic. I almost feel too bad about ripping it open and <laughs> almost. off. Yeah, so I, I'll, I, uh, t- I'll I, take a picture. I got a nipple. <laughs> you did not. I, I, saved that for, I saved that for Rick's. <laughs> did you do this in the office? I did. There's three of them there, by the way, if you look at that one picture. So you, so you were in the office putting body parts, including... Yes. I don't even want to say the N-word on the air. Like, did anyone see you? Oh, that's another one. It's three. Did you deliberately put three on there? Well, I just slid my chest. I mean, you just never know. You never know what's going right. to happen. So, did you do this at like was it seven in the morning? No, and you it was like eleven like thirty today. Eleven thirty th- in so the morning during work hours. You during went to one hours, of the copiers at the Motley Fool and started putting I was naked my, body parts my on my shirtless the- upper body. Yes. Did you at least wipe it down <laughs> when you were done? Yeah, with my upper body. Oh. <laughs> All right, should I go for it? Go for it. All right, I do feel bad about ripping your paper. Okay, if I rip the, that's all right. That I've, I've got more. Oh, there there are more photocopiers where that came from. Is, if it's gonna, it's gonna be a box of just more of these, isn't it? <laughs> it's a whole book, framed. 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 Oh, I love it. Oh, it's more Star Wars stuff. It is the classic 1997 game oh, of Star Wars wins. trivia. What? Yeah. Oh, how cool! And yes, they are. Videos on YouTube of peop- of of dudes playing this retro Star Wars trivia game. Wow! Look at this; it's so big. I'll show you how it works. After cool. This. Okay. We. Have, oh, oh, oh! And you have more quiz books. Yeah. Where'd you get this? At a yard sale. <laughs> I love it. Did you see it? And you're like, that's for Allison. Ah, I love it. Okay. And then, did you make a T-shirt? <laughs> I made a T-shirt. <laughs> So you made a Molly Full Answers t-shirt with bro saying, I have dino arms, and me saying, whatever, it's fine. That's kind of Allison's phrase. Very nice. I say, whatever, it's fine all the time in our planning meeting. Whatever, it's fine. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you, bro. This is yeah. very thoughtful. You're welcome. I love it. All right, Rick, Allison, you if get? you can see through the glass, there's a, a Star Wars operation game on my end. <gasps> Ooh! And we've got, we've got apparently Chewbacca pulling uh, porgs out of... His own lap, I think. I, I'm not really quite sure what's going on. What? <laughs> oh, so is the body Chewbacca? Yeah, the body is Chewbacca. Yeah, the body is Chewbacca. You pal- mostly porgs, but there are other body parts <laughs> oh, and things that you pull funny. out of Chewbacca. Oh. You know that I'm, I'm a fan of porgs. That's exactly why I got I, that. Ever since I found out that the reason that there are porgs in the Star Wars movie is because where they were filming on the Skellig Island or whatever it was, 
uh, off the coast of Ireland, there were puffins there. And since they're a protected species, they couldn't do anything to get rid of the puffins. The puffins had to be there. So uh-huh. they're in the shot. So they just sent it over to the CGI guys and said, can you do something with these puffins? And they made them into porgs. And oh, that's, my God. That's why there are porgs in the movie. That is so funny. And if you now watch the movie, you'll be more delighted by the porgs because <laughs> you just see them as little puffins walking around. Because oh, you, so cool. you can imagine, no, those are real life things. They yeah. don't look exactly like those, but there's something like those on that island. Uh- Nice. Yes, and now our listeners definitely know that we are all big Star Wars nerds we here at Molly Fully Answers. Yeah. Here, um, let me bring something in for you guys, okay? okay. Right. Now, I have to say, I went with a theme for the presents I bought, and oh. the theme is cheap, silly things that reminded me of you that you can easily re-gift to your children. <laughs> <Okay>. Outstanding! <laughs> Whoopee cushion! Whoopee cushion! <laughs> Ah, okay. Oh, it's rat. Oh, I like Ooh, the wrapping. This is fancy wrapping with deer on it. Nice. Oh, the wacky waving inflatable tube guy. <laughs> Outstanding for my desk. That's so perfect that for you. That's very perfect. I'm a big family guy fan, so this is just perfect. Oh, cool. This is a little Pokemon ball, and it's a Lego Pokemon thing. You taught me how to play Pokemon Go, Allison. I always think of you when I see Pokemon. <laughs> Our listeners now know that I'm the biggest nerd in the world. The best nerd. Best nerd. In the this world. is great. Hannah's going to love might have this. Had a, they might have had a clue already. Yeah, maybe. 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 <laughs> the secret's out. Awesome. Thank you. Aw. All right. So for you guys, yes. as we know, bro loves a good holiday tradition. I do. Um, from around the world. And so last year, I gave you a book about the 12 lads, the 12 Christmas lads or something it like was- that. It's fascinatingly entertaining. It's It's like a Scandinavian tradition of every night a different troll like creature comes and messes with you essentially and does suckles the pigs and all these horrible things. Oh yeah, it's really really (laughs) weird. Um, And so I made a book for Rick or for Bro, and then Rick was like, "I wanted the book too." So then I made one for Rick too. And so this year I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna make you guys the same thing." And so um, what I have for you today is the holiday tradition of the cockatiel. Have what? you heard of the cockatiel? No. All right. It comes from uh, Spain, the Ca- Catalonia, Catalan region of Spain. And essentially, in this part of Spain, uh, they don't believe in Santa. They don't believe Santa comes and brings, brings gifts on Christmas Eve. Um, they believe that uh, the three wise men eventually come and bring gifts after Christmas. But on Christmas Eve, who delivers gifts to you is the cockatiel. And so... This is, this is your tradition of how the cockatiel works. Cockatiel literally translates to poop log. <laughs> and a cockatiel is essentially a log with a couple little feet to prop it up. He wears a little hat. Um, and what you do is on the night of the Feast of the Immaculate Conception... Does that sound like a thing? And it's in early December. Yeah. yeah, so it's on like the December 8th or December 9th. Yeah. You put out your cockatiel and you treat him like a pet... Until Christmas Eve. So you set him next to a fire, you put a blanket over him, you feed him every night, and and eventually, you do that every night, you t- take good care of him, and then Christmas Eve comes, and what happens is all the kids get together and take turns hitting the cockatiel with a stick, and... Just like you treat your pets. <laughs> Just like you treat your pets. And reciting um, a song. And so there are a number of different songs, but let me just say one of, one of the songs, for example, is... Um, okay, so imagine a bunch of little kids with a stick hitting a little creature that looks like if a dog and a log had a baby. 
Poop log. Poop candy made from almonds or pine nuts. Don't poop sardines. They are too salty. Poop candy. It is better. Poop log. If you don't poop, I will hit you with a stick. Mind you, you are saying this while hitting it with a stick, but whatever. <laughs> and so then, after you say your little thing, your little song, you reach under the blanket that you have been keeping your cockatiel warm with, and there's presents there! Your Whoa. log of pooped presents. And so you pull out your little present. Sometimes it's candy or maybe it's a little present or coins or something. And you pull it out from under the blanket. And then you keep repeating that until everyone has gotten their present, until the cockatillo um, has pooped out either a salted herring or an onion or has a bowl of pee. And that tells you the cockatillo <laughs> is done. That's gracious. So I have made for you guys each... Your own little cockatiel. Look at that. (laughs) So that is adorable. And I also have your guide how to care for your cockatiel. Is there a stick to hit it with? No, you're gonna have to stick not included. I think it's kind of mean to hit it with a stick anyway. So it's just adorable. (laughs) That is adorable. So there's so there you go. So it's basically a little log with two feet, and I I I gave you a little blanket, and I knit you a crocheted little hat for you. Wow. And so yeah, just keep put him by the fire and feed him every night, and then come Christmas Eve, he's so full because you fed him so much. He's just gotta poop so badly. Um, hit him with some sticks and he'll poop. He'll poop presents. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait to reach my hand under the blanket. That's going to be great. <laughs> so it's funny. I was, I was making these and Hannah was like, "But, but how does it eat the candy?" Because I, I was like, "Well, let's leave out some food for the cockatiel." The, I took care of you. I fed your cockatiels for you Thank while you. I was taking Thank care of them much. last week. Um, I was like, well, "She's like, well, how 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 does it eat?" And I was like, "Oh, it just eats. You know, it just eats." Of course. In real life, the parents are the ones who eat the candy and the food after the kids go to bed. But I was like trying to explain, to her, oh, it's just magic. It just eats. I mean, what else? What do you think? What is anyway? It's fun. She's like, where did the presents come from? I'm like, oh, they poop. It poops presents. So she was. She's gonna she's be gonna sad. She's gonna go to school the next day and tell everyone about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's amazing. Isn't that a fun? Isn't that, that a is fun little tradition? Hilarious. So there you go. Merry Christmas. Thank you, you get, very much. You get yet another Christmas tradition. That is outstanding. <sighs> Because Bro abandoned us for three whole weeks, I held off on reading postcards. And boy, did we receive some great ones. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So some of you sent multiple postcards from your amazing journeys, including Melanie, who sent postcards from St. Louis, Napa, Yosemite, and the Redwoods. Um, She took her son to see the Redwoods, and she said, at the end of our three-hour hike, our son turned to me and said... I thought they would be bigger. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, Jean, that beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Jean and Patty um, write that they are living the fool's life, and they went to Venice and Mykonos and all over Greece. Whoa. And they wrote that Tuesdays are their favorite day because it's Answers Day. Oh. Oh, that's sweet. That is nice. All right. Stocks. Dave sent us <laughs> cards from Costa Rica. Costa Rica is not a place. <laughs> However, Costa Rica is. And he says that bro's voice is well suited for awfulizing. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, our favorite swimmer, Jim, sent us cards from the Philippines and Vietnam. Wow. Peter sent a card from Budapest. Ooh, beautiful. Uh, Kevin here sent a postcard from Roswell, New Mexico. It's like an alien on a motorcycle. <laughs> uh, Marty... And Shoots both sent postcards from Wyoming. Um, Shoots is from Sundance, Wyoming, which is where the Sundance kid got his name, apparently. Oh. I don't know. 
Sean from West Virginia sent a card from Chincaterra uh, with support. At, it says, hey, fools, with support at Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans and Harry's. That's funny. Um, the Morrow family sent a postcard from Thailand. And I haven't opened it up yet because I wanted to wait do it in front of you guys. But it turns into it, it turns into a little elephant. What? So you, like, open it up. And then there's a little model elephant that wow. you can make. Ooh, How cool. cute is that? Yeah. Isn't that cool? Um, we also have Anthony sent a postcard from Taiwan, and it's balsa wood, and it turns into a little. You put it in, it turns into a little theater. Like really? how cute is that? Yeah, it's wood. Isn't that fun? Wow. Yeah, wooden theater postcard. I don't know. Yikes. Uh, so many of you go to Hawaii. You should all hang out together when you're out there. So DJ and Kathy sent one. Um, they're visiting their son. Uh, and they got him listening to our podcast. Hopefully he's still listening to it. Um, hello, DJ and Kathy's son, if you are still <laughs> listening to it. Uh, and then Josh uh, challenged me to see if I could pronounce Awa Awapui Trail. Which I assume I nailed because yes. I listen to a lot of Roby Kahakalau. She's a musician in Hawaii, and oh, so yeah. I'm overly confident in my Hawaiian pronunciation wow, as a result. Uh, Rye and Jody sent a card from Nashville, uh, and we've got Monica with gorgeous <laughs> handwriting. Uh, she sent a card from Greece. Look at that handwriting. That's nice handwriting. Fifty billion cent sent a card from Tel Aviv. He's so good about sending cards. And, Brad, are you ready for this? Guns and Moses, yes. We got our first card from Antarctica. What? I know. Crazy, huh? <laughs> Holy cow. What was he doing there? Freezing his tail off, I assume. I guess so. Zing. And then the Smith Thanks, family sent us their Christmas card. I love being able to see what our listeners actually look like. Look at that beautiful family. Oh. Look, wow, what cute kids. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Thanks, Smith family. Huh. Yay. Aww. So, bro, that's the show. It's nice to have you back. Well, thank Just you. Just in time for the holidays, huh? Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. So we are going to be taking the week of Christmas off, listeners, right. so don't get disappointed. Uh, we will return in the new year, but I mean, I need some time off, too. Bro gets three weeks. I should get a little time off, right? <laughs> at, at least. So another of Ro- um, Robert Brokamp's holiday traditions is his holiday music playlist, bro. Tell them tell what they've won. <laughs> tell them your <laughs> gift to our listeners this well, year. Well, so starting really in the mid-90s, but at The Fool in 99, I used to make what started off as a mixed tape. And then was it a, really a cassette? Oh, yeah. The first yeah. one was a cassette. And I then, still have some. Yeah. Aww. And then a mixed CD of Christmas songs. I don't do it anymore because, A, there are things like Pandora and Spotify, and, B, no one has CD players or tape players <laughs> anymore. But I've put all my favorite songs on one Spotify playlist. It's called Bro Ho Ho. Go ahead and listen to it. It's a little quirky. It's a little off beat. But if that's what you're looking for, that's the place to find it. All right, so there you go. But they're Uh, missing out on the covers that you used to do on the CDs and tapes, which often involved the Xerox machine and body parts. Putting human body parts on the... (laughs) Your own human body parts. I make it sound like you're murdering people. But yeah, 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 I have a Bro Ho Ho CD. Yeah. From when I first started here, and it's got your face smashed up against it, I think. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. So, so you. That's so pro. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's the show. Um, thank you for listening this long, if you're still listening. It's our most self-indulgent show of the year, but 
It ends up being one of my favorites. So Me too. the show is edited Broho Hoingly by Rick Engel. Our email is answers at fool.com. You can also join our Facebook group. Uh, just search for Motley Fool Podcasts, and it's a closed Facebook group, but just ask and you'll be let in. Uh, if you're looking to give us a Christmas or holiday present, nothing is finer than an iTunes review or wherever you listen to the podcast. So feel free um, to say some nice words. Or send us your Christmas card. I'll take that too. I'll take that. That'd be great. I love seeing. I like. I love seeing our listeners' yeah. faces. Um. So anyway, all right. What's the address for that? For mailing stuff to yes. us, two thousand Duke Street, second floor, Alexandria, Virginia, two two three one four. All right. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody. And happy holidays. Mm-hmm.